Well, welcome everybody to our Palm Sunday celebration here at Cedar Creek. And I'm so glad you've joined us today, whether you are a regular part of our church family or whether you're just connecting with us online during these uh, interesting and uncertain times. Uh, I'm glad you're here, wherever here happens to be for you today. And I would say you picked a great day to join us because today marks the beginning of what is a very special week for us as Christ followers. We call it the Passion Week. And over these next seven days, we're going to be joining with over two billion believers all around the globe to remember and to celebrate the most significant week in all of human history. The final week of Jesus' life here on this earth. And so today, I've asked our campus pastors to join me online from from their homes to help all of us kick off this special week together as a church family. You know, that last week of Jesus' life began with an unusual entry into the city of Jerusalem. I mean, throughout Jesus' public ministry, he and his disciples had been to Jerusalem many times, but when they entered the city those times, there was no fanfare. There was nobody even noticed them. But this time is totally different. This time when Jesus enters Jerusalem, there is a huge citywide celebration. And while this event is recorded in all four of the gospels, I want us to look at Matthew's account. It's found in Matthew chapter 21, beginning with verse eight. Matthew says, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. That's where we get the name Palm Sunday. And the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. Man, that, that's quite a scene. And it's easy for us, looking back over history, just see this as a, a big, happy Jesus parade that day. And while that may be a part of what was going on that first Palm Sunday, if you dig a little deeper, if you go behind the scenes, you'll discover that the people lining the streets of Jerusalem that day had a lot in common with what we're going through today. No, they weren't dealing with a a virus outbreak, but they were dealing with the brutal oppression of Roman occupation. This once proud and free nation had been brought to its knees now by the Roman Empire. And they were desperate for relief. They were desperate for help. They were desperate to to know what the future was. And the reason I know that is because of the word they shouted over and over as Jesus passed them by. It's the word Hosanna. It's actually two Hebrew words put together. The Hebrew word Yasha, which means rescue or save. And the Hebrew word na, which means now. Rescue now. Save us now. Help us now. And I think if we're honest, many of us find ourselves crying out for relief today, for for a rescue, for help. And the way Jesus answered their cry for help 
is the same way he answers our cries for help today. Not by relieving our temporary circumstances, but by giving us a freedom and a hope that transcends our circumstances. Because five days later, Jesus would walk down another road in Jerusalem. Only this time, not riding on a donkey to the shouts of Hosanna, but carrying a cross down this lonely road to a trash heap outside the city, where there he would willingly lay down his life for us. That God in the flesh would sacrifice his own life to bring a rescue, a hope, a freedom from the bondage of something way bigger than a viral outbreak. The virus of sin, the virus of our brokenness, of our empty, purposeless lives. The apostle Paul says it this way in Colossians chapter one. It says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. See, that's why I think it's so appropriate to celebrate Palm Sunday by taking the Lord's Supper together as a church family. Because while we can't physically be together today, through the symbols of the bread and the cup, we can be reminded of what unites us and also reminded of the hope that Jesus' rescue provides for all of us. In fact, when you think about it, that very first Lord's Supper was not taken in a large group. It was taken in a home by a small group of men who were under tremendous stress and tremendous fear. Isn't that right, Pastor Wes? That's right. It's interesting as we look at the circumstances of the first Lord's Supper, what we call the Last Supper, and when we look at the circumstances that we find ourselves in today, there are many similarities. I mean, think about it. There was fear and anxiety in the hearts of the disciples. Um, they were um, gathered with Jesus uh, in a home, in a small group uh, to share in this Last Supper. They were confused. They had just found out that they were not going to be inheriting an earthly kingdom like they had thought, but it was going to be something much, much different. Their future um, wasn't clear. And there may be fear and anxiety in your heart or in our hearts today as we gather to celebrate and remember um, that night by taking the Lord's Supper together. It's different, right, from the way that we thought we would be celebrating this day just a few short weeks ago. If you've never uh, participated in the Lord's Supper um, in any way other than during a church service, it, it may feel weird. It may seem a little strange, right, to be, to be doing it at home, to be doing it uh, with your family or with the, your small group or home group or, or maybe even by yourself. I remember the first time that I ever led uh, taking the Lord's Supper together outside of a church service. Uh, it was with a small group, my home group uh, of friends, and um, we were in a borrowed house, a uh, borrowed lake house up on Clarks Hill Lake, and we uh, were just spending a long weekend together. And we decided that uh, as an act of worship, we wanted to 
to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And we started looking around to see if we had uh, the right elements. And, and we found that all we had was uh, a couple of hot dog buns and some Kool-Aid. And we wanted to remember uh, Jesus together. And we were concerned that we didn't have the, the right stuff, let's say. Well, let me just assure you that uh, the right stuff isn't about bread, leavened or unleavened. It's not about juice or wine or uh, Kool-Aid or water or Sprite, but it's about a heart that's focused on Jesus and who he is and what he did for us. His presence, his power, and his peace are what we need in times like these. And Pastor KT, uh, lately you've been experiencing um, feeling some isolation and some anxiety, haven't you? Yes, um, we definitely are experiencing some of the uh, anxiety and stress that, that you were referring to, Wes. You know, for, for those of you that don't know, Sunday night, my son Levi uh, became very ill. Uh, Monday, we wound up talking to the doc, and they referred us to a 1-800 uh, COVID-19 number. And as we talked with those guys, they said that, yes, uh, he does have the symptoms and um Basically, what they recommended for now is that we quarantine for 10 to 14 days to see how uh, his symptoms progress and uh, to be sure that none of us uh, <clears throat> get the virus or, or potentially transmit anything that we may be carrying to someone else. So, you know, it, we're already in a, a, a state that's so much different for us with with just the social distancing and adding the quarantine to us is just it's really been uh different for my family and and it's and it's made us have to resolve ourselves to look at things in a in a different way to 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 remind ourselves to look at things in a godly way uh you know God says that he will meet all of our needs and uh you know we all need to to be reminded of that and um and that my plans are not his plans um you know, sometimes when we think we're getting on the merry-go-round, we're getting on a roller coaster, and we just need to hold on for the ride and <laughs> and trust that God's gonna gonna handle it, and that's okay. And uh, also need to be reminded that God's a, a strong tower, and we are to run into that tower and claim His protection on our lives. And uh, and I, I was reading in Proverbs, Proverbs twelve twenty five says, "Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up." And it got me thinking about the fact that we just came out of uh, our Better Together series at Cedar Creek Church and, and into a Be the Church, and uh, how similar uh, some of those things are. That uh, that realizing that we are better together, and, and that might um, be for now. It might be using Zoom or FaceTime or, or calls or text or whatever that we're having to use technology. But thank God for that technology. But we're still better together as brothers and sisters in Christ and looking out for each other and checking on each other. And for the Beta Church to still be uh, serving where we can and just letting people see Jesus in us, even in trying times, because that's uh, that's what he wants us to uh, to love God and be there for each other, love each other. So uh, as we celebrate Palm Sunday and head toward Easter, I just want to encourage you to be the one that shares the kind word uh, with others, to be the one that lifts them up and, and encourage them to find the peace and hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And uh, as we prepare to take the elements, uh, Pastor Danny has some thoughts about the significance of the Lord's Supper and looking back at, and looking forward at what Christ has to say about that. Thank you, KT. You know, this morning as I think about the Lord's Supper and the uh, opportunity we have to take that in the next few moments, 
I have to tell you that I'm, I'm excited for so many different reasons, but two key reasons I'm excited about being able to take the Lord's Supper today is one is it gives us a chance to look back, for us to look back and just to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf because we're sinful, because we're separated from God, and because there's no way for us to ever encounter God's presence unless a price is paid, unless someone took our debt and Jesus was willing to do that. And so it gives us opportunity to just be reminded that we're sinful, that we're broken, that we're separated from God, but because of Jesus Christ, you and I are able to have a relationship with God. So as we take the Lord's Supper um, in just a little bit, uh, it'll give us an opportunity just to look back and to remember that sacrifice that Jesus made for us. But I'm also really excited today because not only is it an opportunity to look back at what Jesus did for us, but it gives us an opportunity to look forward and just to be reminded that Jesus Christ is coming back. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we're reminded that as we partake of the Lord's Supper, it is an opportunity for us to proclaim to everyone the death of Jesus Christ until he returns. And so it is an exciting time just to remember and to look forward to the time that he returns and that all of those who place their faith in Jesus Christ uh, go to heaven to spend all of eternity with the Father. So this morning, as we have opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, I just remind you to look back and remember the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made for us, but also to look forward and to remember his second coming. It is definitely coming. And are we prepared for that? Are we ready for that? Are we ready to see him for all of eternity? So this morning, um, well, let's celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And I'm gonna uh, turn it over to Pastor Philip as he shares a little bit more this morning. Well, thank you, guys. As we get ready to take these elements of the Lord's Supper together, I, I want to encourage you, whether you're by yourself or with your family, as you're getting whatever you're using for the bread and whatever you're using for the cup, as you're getting those together, I just want to remind you that one of the things the Bible tells us is when we come to this table, when we come to take these elements, that we need to make sure that we examine our hearts that we don't have to come with perfect hearts and perfect lives, but we do have to come with a clean heart. So we're just gonna take a, a few moments of silent prayer now, and wherever you are, I just wanna encourage you in these moments, if there's something you need to confess or something you need to pour out or to cry out to God, just go ahead and do that now. Amen. The Bible says that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he blessed it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat. And on that same night, the Bible tells us that Jesus took the cup and said, this is a cup of the new covenant between you and God. A covenant not built on law, but on my shed blood. Take and drink. The 
Jesus said, every time you take the bread and take the cup, remember my sacrifice. And that's my encouragement to you as we go into this very special week, as we begin to prepare our hearts for Easter Sunday to celebrate the resurrection. I just want to encourage you to be reminded of what Jesus has done for us and the joy and the hope he gives us beyond the circumstances of our life. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you today that even though we are scattered all around, that we are together in one heart, one mind, one spirit, one baptism, because you are our one Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice, for your rescue through the cross and through the hope of the resurrection. So as we go through this week, Lord, in an unusual way in our lives and in these uncertain times, help us to shine out the hope of the resurrection in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.